This is Gospel of Kennison, episode 86. Hi, how you doing, folks? This is the Gospel of Kennison, the personal audio journal of James Kennison, brought to you the week of January 10th, 2019. And um, welcome. Welcome to the show. I just talk about stuff. So I hope you're hope you're ready for some exciting for some 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 exciting content from an exciting person with an exciting life. Um today I I got a suggestion from someone uh on our Discord server. And if you haven't joined our Discord server, I highly suggest it. Just go to NOCast.com, click community, and you'll see the Discord invite right there. If you don't know what Discord is, try it out. It's awesome. You can chat with folks that listen to the show and myself and John and David occasionally uh, from your phone, from your computer, wherever you happen to be. It's pretty cool. But I got a suggestion on a topic and uh, they said, what do you think about kids movies that, you know, from a moral perspective? And I do have opinions on such things. Um, and some of them may seem incongruent. Is that a word? Uncongruent. Um, but let's, uh, let's dive in. First, I want to, I want to give you an update. Last episode, I talked about one of my shortcomings and, um, and one of them was biting my fingernails and I, uh, I told you I would quit and I did. Now I haven't been perfect. I've, I have not relapsed at all, but I have had moments where I just was mindlessly picking at them and, you know, bits came loose or whatever. Um, But what I do is immediately stop and get off whatever was loose um, and then just stop. So that's the ticket. If you're a nail biter, um, the trick is you're going to fail, but just keep quitting. And as a week later, I have little tiny whites, meaning, um, you know, little strips of white uh, fingernails. I can do this. I don't know if you can hear it. Can you hear that? That's me clicking my fingernails together. Um, I can pop soda cans and pick quarters up off the floor already. It's pretty awesome. And it's not dangerous to the point that when I scratch my face, I, you know, gouge half my cheek off. So uh, we're in a good place right now. Um, I'd like to at least grow them out to the tips of my fingers. Um, And in my experience, they do reattach. Uh, I've bit them down so far that there is at least a, an eighth of an inch, maybe a quarter of an inch of uh, space between the top of my fingernails and the top of my finger. If you know what that looks like. And uh, that's because of years of biting them down and, and you know, the quick, as they say, uh, just recedes. But um, I do know from from experience that if you let them grow out, they do reattach. The quick kind of comes up and, and joins up. So I, I'd like to I'd like to have uh, just finger, you know, I actually want claws. So I'm going to go for that. No, I'm, I'm but I wanted to give you an update and let you know that I've stuck with it. And I'm accountable, not to you guys, and I'm accountable to my fingers. And uh, they're happy, I'm happy. So so there you go. Um, 
but this week we're going to talk about kids movies and uh, talk about them from a moral perspective. Now, um, I want to start with the way Christians act toward Disney. Okay. I just have an opinion on this. Um, ever since I've been in college, ever since I was in high school, um, man, I remember even freaking back when little mermaid came out and lion King and all that. There's, there's supposed to be all these, um, secret images and secret messages that were stuck into these films to try to sway children toward the dark side. Um, to me, this is superstition and urban legend. No, I saw it. I I saw it when when the Lion King um did something with the the thing. The dust came up and it said sex. I saw it myself. And 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 in in Little Mermaid, the the little priest, I can see his wee wee. I can see it. And and on the cover, the cover, there is a human phallic symbol in the um uh the castle in the background of the vhs copy okay so and and you think i'm being funny those are actual things that were going on back in the late 90s um people claiming that that there were these these things i did my research even back then i was a skeptic and would um track this stuff down so i could have firsthand knowledge um let me first say that if this was true, this would be the dumbest way, the stupidest way to try to manipulate or, or hurt or bring to the dark side, um, any child by subtly sneaking in things that no one notices except for certain adults, uh, so that's my first point is I don't believe it happens um, in, in these Disney films that people say they do because it's stupid. It's, it would not work. It, 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 Cause that's the thing. I mean, you can see something in the, in the smoke. Okay. In Lion King, you can see what looks like, uh, his, his wee wee when he's, when he's do the little priest is doing the, uh, the, the wedding at the end of, of little mermaid or actually, yeah, yeah. At the end. And, and you can, um, you can see a, what looks like a phallus, uh, on the cover of the old VHS tape in the, in the castle. Um, these things are, are, are there, they are real. Um, I'm saying though, that you're seeing them through the eyes of a full grown adult and you're making them into what they were never intended to be. I read an article from the guy, um, that did the artwork for the VHS tape and he was horrified. He, he, he did the artwork. He, he's a youth pastor. He, he was working, um, as an artist, you know, but, but he was also, uh, you know, working, volunteering as a youth pastor. He was late for something that he had a, a deadline. He worked all night on the project. He sent it in and, um, it was approved and put on. And only after it went on, did people start saying, Hey, that castle that's supposed to kind of look like, you know, it's grown organically from coral. 
one of the towers looks like a wiener. And um, it was completely unintentional. And you really have to um, use your imagination to see it. Uh, Google image it. Um, matter of fact, I'll do it right now for you. That way you can see it on the podcast. Let's see. Uh, Little Mermaid. No, that's not that's not the original. There she is. Oh, it is. It is so uh, vague. It is such a small part of a bunch of uh, towers that are, you know, make up the entire structure. And um, honestly, it's uh, it has a, a, a similarity to the, the look. But I'm going to tell you, it's a little too vertical, a little too straight, a little too structural, I'll say. And um, it's not shaped exactly the same. I'm sorry. Uh, so, so look it up, make up your own decision. Um, but that is not a wiener, in my opinion. If you look around at the other, I'm going to assume you've, you, you're going to Google this later. If you look around at the architecture of the castle, it is, it looks coral like it is not perfectly straight. There is uh, little deviations in like, like I said, as if it was grown. Um, and that's what I attribute this to. Uh, if, 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 if anybody purposefully put that in there, um, even if they did, even if they did, what has it done to a single child? who doesn't even look at the cover. They open it up. They throw the VHS tape in the thing. Now we're talking 10, you know, 20 years ago. Uh, I, 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 people get up in arms and they, they were talking about uh, boycotting Disney and they, and a lot of people did. And, and they were called on to do this because Disney was just so terrible that this was happening that they, and, and what it is, is, is it's not just that the image is there or, you know, it wasn't an accident or was it not? There is this idea underneath it all that these folks are maliciously, you know, we're judging their intent and we can't do that. Not yet. Not in the nineties. Here's the thing. The same people, I had some friends, same people that were boycotting Disney. We went over to their house one time and they're watching. I don't know what, but somebody, a male was doing something inappropriate. We were eating dinner and the TV was just on, which I hate. I hate when people just leave TVs on, um, but something inappropriate was going on. I mean, everybody was fully clothed, but she was not happy with whatever he was doing. So there was some sort of violence going on and it was probably sexually charged violence on the television. As this guy's telling us how proud he is that they don't let their kids watch little mermaid. His kids are in there with their eyes glued to this crap. And that, that my friends is the issue that I have. I have no problem. If you want to see wieners in, in little mermaid, that's fine. If you want to believe that and believe that they're malicious, that is your prerogative. You go ahead and you walk away. That is great. I respect that. But then I want you also to be consistent. 
I need you to be consistent. That means no R-rated movies, no PG-13 movies, no PG movies. You better find movies that aren't doing these things and you need to stick with those. Do you see why? Because you're choking on a a, a, a freaking speck. You're, you're choking on a little piece of sand while the world's cramming rocks down your throat. There are real things with real evil, with real wieners out in their movies. And, and half the people in America are watching this stuff and they got no problem with it. Well, that's, uh, that's just for adults. This is for children. It should not be uh, exposing our children. It's not. It's not exposed. Well, what about the priest at the end of uh, Little Mermaid? Well, you know what? If you look at the thing at first, it does look like his little doodle sticking out through his pants. But in the scene just before that, if you watch it, you will notice that he is a very short man. He has knobby knees that kind of bend outward. And then when the, when the film switches to the other perspective, what you are seeing as a wiener is one of his knees moving up and down with his stretching and flexing of his leg. See, that's my other issue is we're looking for this stuff. We're looking for it. You're having to dig so hard to find it. It was the same way in the 80s with backwards masking. People were absolutely sure that backward masking messages, your mind would play it backwards and reverse it. And since it went past your subconscious or or your conscious mind into your subconscious, that those messages would be embedded in there and you couldn't do anything about it and you would ought act on those actions. I read the book backward masking unmasked man back in the day, scared the crap out of me. It was absolutely convinced that every rock song from queen, um, to blue oyster cult, all these old, old things that I didn't even listen to. I didn't know these guys back then, um, that they all had backward masking messages. You know, another one bites the dust is learn to smoke marijuana. And, and they believe not only that it, it was there, and on purpose, but that it had a negative effect. And I understand that you believe that Mr. Backwards masking unmasked and that you were trying to warn people. Um, but it's, it's just, it's not science. It's not true. It's not real. That's not actually the thing. Here's the deal. Disney, we want to hate on them because of this, but they re-released the cover and they changed the artwork if they were really intentionally trying to do that, do you think that they would make the change? Here's the other thing. And and this is way back. Nobody even noticed it. Rescuers, the old Disney movie where the rats or the mice get on the back of a seagull and they're going to go save some little girl from a, a creepy, creepy old lady with these alligators for pets. Just 60s, 70s artwork style, just bleh. Uh, dark and, and scary. I don't remember liking it very much. I just liked the mice and I liked uh, the seagull flying part. But in one of those scenes, they're flying past buildings. And some moron um, in two inconsecutive frames 
I'm talking about two. It was it, there were three frames. Uh, anyway, basically, he stuck in a picture of a naked woman from the waist up in one of the windows as they pass by. It's three frames long, which I don't know what period, you know, what what uh, decimal point of a second three frames are, but they weren't even three consistent frames. There was frame one where it appeared in front of the characters, frame two where the window would have been behind the characters as they flew by, and then frame three where uh, it appeared again. Nobody, Nobody could see this. Disney found out about it and recalled every copy that they had sent out for sale, fixed the error, and sent out new ones before anyone found out. Folks, that gives kind of a little bit of credibility, I believe, to the Disney Corporation and a little, and says a little bit about their intentionality. They're not here to not make money. I'm not saying they're the most moral company in the world. I'm not defending individual artists and things like that, that may or may not have, have done things just to try to sneak things in stuff. Stuff happens like that all the time. What I'm saying is we get up in arms about little things like that. These little hidden secret, possibly malicious things, but yet we still let our kids watch it. Why are we so, why are we looking for evil in kids movies uh, when there's evil all around us. I got kids in my own church that watch it. They watch bird box um, on, on Netflix and they're talking to me about it. And there's some pretty graphic stuff in bird box. Doesn't bother me. Um, I, I have a clear, uh, perception between fantasy and reality. I've done way too much um, artwork and even makeup effects to be affected by a lot of things. And, and CGI is, is just blatantly obvious to me. Um, it, it takes any, you know, uh, it, it just, ru- it kind of ruins it for me to be honest, but, um, but, but kids don't have those. They, they accept stuff at face value. So why are we worried about stuff that snuck in or sneaked in or slid in the side there that no one's noticed except for grownups when, um, when there's stuff that, that is blatant. And and that's what I want to talk about next is now we're in today's world. And in today's world, there are things that are snuck in and I don't ever hear anything about it now. Um, you know, people used to poop their pants about uh, about the Simpsons back when that first started out, when I was in high school. Now it's like, you know, they're in their 30th season or something like that. It's crazy. Nobody talks about Simpsons anymore. It's become normal, which is fine. Um, but back then, folks were freaking out because animation had always been for kids. And they were concerned that it was going to attract kids and, you know, oh, they swore, they swore and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It, it was, it was, it was shocking. It was, it was a big deal. I didn't watch it. I've never been a, a, a Simpsons person. I don't collect it or anything like that. I just, you know, it's never done. Futurama, all about that. But, um, 
But let me let me get into today because there are companies out there. There's there's more companies doing stuff for kids than just Disney and Don Bluth. Um, and there are messages that are being sent out to kids. I, again, I don't know that they get get it. I really don't. Kid, do you remember watching movies as a kid? First of all, how much of the movie do you remember? If you're my age, when you saw E.T., what do you remember? I'll tell you what I remember. I remember when the freaking astronaut came through the front door. I remember when uh, dude tripped over the pizza coming back in. I do not remember. I'll be on. I'll tell you. I do not remember that the brother called another one a penis face or something like that. I, I remember that as an adult. But man, when I was eight years old, I I didn't hear any bad words. Um, I remember uh, poor old E.T. down in the gutter with all white and dying. I remember when he died. I remember crying my eyes out. I remember uh, when he came back to life and Elliot, you know, cries on top of the thing and, and the flower that comes back to life and um, the, the bicycles flying. Oh, my gosh. Oh, past the moon and everything and the kids all freaking out. And I remember how they landed and they all scooted the back tires of their bike around. It was, it was rad. I remember all of that. I don't remember bad words. Um, I don't remember anything. I I think kids are at least innocent kids. There are kids that are exposed to stuff and they know stuff, but I don't think they have the mental or emotional capability to handle it. But um, anyway, I want to get to some of the stuff that um, is going on today. Let's talk about Paranorman for for an, for a minute. I, I loved Paranorman. Um, I don't know if I loved it so much for the story. I just love anything that I, I'm going to butcher their name. Lika. L I L A I K A entertainment. I love what they do because it's stop motion and they're brilliant at it. The, this is the company that did Coraline. They've done box trolls. They did uh Kubo and the two strings. They did Paranorman. I'm sure I'm missing some, um, but, but they're just great. The, 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 I respect them from an artistic perspective, but these fools always be trying to sneak in messages and stuff like that. And no one says anything. I, I don't, I don't get it now. Now that there's something legit that you can say, why is this in this movie? No one, maybe I don't move in the right circles anymore. And maybe that's a good thing, but, uh, I don't hear anything. What's wrong with paranormal James? Well, first of all, (laughs) first of all, um, it's, it's nothing major. It's nothing that I would put a picket sign together for, you know, and, and go marching around. But there are things in each movie that they put out um, that seem to be trying to educate kids about certain things. And that's what I do draw an issue with. Uh, 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 An image that looks like a wiener on the front of a VHS copy 
of Little Mermaid isn't that doesn't bother me um, because no one's going to see that. But when it's part of the story, Paranorman basically is a kid who is not normal. He can see dead people. He can see ghosts. Got no problem with that. It's been a while since I've seen Paranorman, but the basic plot is he's not normal. And that seems to be the theme that runs through the entire thing. That if you are not normal, that's okay. And and, and on its surface, it's a good theme um, that you don't have to be like everyone else. Um, but here's the... Here's a problem. There's a witch. Uh, I suggest you go see the movie and, and, you know, look at it, but there's a witch and, um, that, that is, uh, supposedly, you know, curse the town or, or, you know, they celebrate. There's just, there's a subplot about back in the day of this, this town, a bunch of, uh, judgmental people, um, burned or hurt or destroyed this little girl who had powers. And, um, so the, so the, the story is trying to teach you as the viewer that you shouldn't, um, disrespect people or hate them or fear them just because they're different. Um, and they use the supernatural abilities to, um, kind of push that point. Um, my issue is that they try to paint the witch as a victim. Uh, but then at the same time, she's this evil thing. She really is a witch and she really is, uh, up in the air with this big tornado thing trying to, to kill people. So, um, it's an enjoyable film. I just don't know that they made their point. Um, there's also a character in there that happens to be, he comes out as, uh, that, that he's gay, uh, which was slid in there and it's slid in there in a kid's movie. Now I know different people have different, um, uh, you know, things morally about homosexuality. And I know today is accepted quite a bit. Uh, I'm not here to debate that at this time. Um, I'm just saying, is, is that the place in it for a kid's movie? Uh, is it, is it time for sex ed in a kid's movie? Um, I, I try to reverse it and say, would I want a man, um, talking about women in the same way, uh, and, and stating his preference um, I, I don't think it, here's my thing. I'm not so much offended as I am. Is it relevant to the story? And if it is relevant to the story, then you have a purpose and your purpose is to educate kids about homosexuals. And that I have a problem with, um, the agenda aspect of it. And this is not reading into it. This is, this is there. If you watch it, the theme is not being normal. Paranorman is not normal. Uh, matter of fact, it's their, it's their, uh, their sub, uh, subtitle. 
is it's okay not to be normal or normal is good or whatever. And, and then the witch, you know, is, is, um, is, is brought up on trial and, and apparently killed, um, for not being normal. And then, um, then one of the characters in the, in the group is not quote unquote normal because of his, uh, sexual preference. Uh, I just don't think that has a place in a kid's movie. If, if there's a message to be made and a point to be made, make it. Um, but if you're just making the point to tell my kids about gay people, um, first of all, my kids already know. And secondly, it's, it's a weak attempt. Now you can make the same argument that, that I made earlier that kids aren't even going to pay attention or get it. Um, here's where I'm at on this. And the reason why the gay thing would bother me the most, uh, you guys know I'm a Christian, so you know where I stand on, on different issues that go with that. Don't, don't lump me in with, with people that hate gay people though. Um, I do believe that homosexuality is a sin, but I also understand homosexuality. I understand and love and care for homosexuals. Um, but where I stand on this is I don't want to promote it to my kids. Why? Because the lifestyle as it is right now, especially is a difficult one. It is difficult, uh, and, and, and trying. And, um, a lot of people, uh, will tell you, you know, that, that it's rough in big cities, maybe not as much, but there's a lot of discrimination. There's a lot of problems. There's a lot of hate. Uh, the churches will, you know, reject you and this, that, and the other. And if a kid is, is, is headed down the straight path, so to speak, um, why would you, why would you promote an alternative lifestyle? Uh, even thinking from the other the other side's view, if it's, if it's, uh, if it's not a choice, if it's something that's just going to happen, isn't it going to happen naturally instead of us, uh, uh, advertising for it and trying to, to recruit people to one side or the other. So that's mostly where I get my, before I go to the moral thing, I go to that. Is what you know? It's almost like a cigarette smoker. Have you ever had somebody say, "Hey, you got a cigarette?" No, I don't smoke. Yeah, good, because it's a nasty habit. You don't ever want to start. Don't start, kids. You know they'll kind of say that, and um, I just can't imagine a. I don't know. I don't know that. I can't imagine anybody would wish. Uh, I, I'll tell you where I, where I'm coming from. I had a conversation with a, f- a friend and her husband and they were talking about their daughter and how she doesn't date and how she's, you know, shaped a certain way and, and, you know, how they're worried that she's gay. And, um, they happen to be Christian folks, but their primary concern before they even got to the morality thing was the difficulty that it was going to cause for their child growing up. And, you know, they wanted her to have a family and grandkids. And um, 
you know, just that. You got to admit it's simpler. It's easier. Uh, I, I, I don't know. They moved off. So I don't know what the end of the story is. But um, that's my angle. That's where I'm coming from. I expect worldly developers, worldly producers, people that that do not hold my morale, my moral uh, standards, or, or, or that as presented in the Bible, I expect them to do things that I don't agree with. Um, I, you know, in short, I hate to use the word sinners, but sinners sin, and and. Uh, I, I don't get upset when that happens. Um, I expect that. Uh, I even expect it from myself. I'm I'm a sinner saved by grace, as they say. I'm a new creature, a new creation, but I, I still struggle with the old man, as they say. And um, by default, I want to do what's easy and uh, satisfying before I want to do what is right and, and good. Um I forgot where I was going with that, but uh, I anyway, Paranorman has that element in it, and it is trying to push this idea that if you are not normal or typical, that you um, that you still have value, and that is a good that's a good thing. Because homosexuals do have value. Um, and uh, people with... <laughs> but this is where they lose me. Because people with supernatural abilities matter. It, it, you know, they're using that to tell a story, but it, it's really muddy. And it, and it's, it, it turns out not to be um, such a great way to convey that message. Um, but, it, but it is in there. It is. It, it wasn't on accident. It wasn't... Uh, brought up and and then removed and re-released or anything like that. There are things now in kids' movies that are offensive. Um, I I want to talk a little bit about uh, which one was it? Oh, Incredibles two. I I didn't realize it was rated PG when I showed it to my kids. There's swear words in it, and there's drinking in it, and that bothered me. Um. Because Incredibles 1 wasn't like that, and Bugs Life wasn't like that, and Toy Story wasn't like that, and a hundred other ones aren't like that. And I don't think the swear words in the drinking brought anything to the table. So why did you put that in my kids' movie? It's my fault. I showed it to my kids, you know, whatever. They, they, it, it didn't affect them. So I'm not totally up in arms about it. I'm just saying, why are we pushing the limits? Let's talk about Nomeo and Juliet. It's a, it's a cute movie about, um, it, meaning I, I love the art style and the way that you really felt like these guys were really made of porcelain. Um, the textures were great. Uh, you know, the story is, is whatever. I don't remember it to be honest. What I do remember is that there was a lot of inappropriate, uh, humor jokes, you know, and stuff like that, which, which is fine. My podcast has plenty of those. I don't mind. Uh, you know, off-color jokes and stuff that have to do with poops and butts or and stuff like that, farts or whatever. Uh, but the singlet dude, I have a problem with. He is featured heavily in the uh, sequel. Um, he, he it's just this gnome that has uh, 
a, a one like a bikini on uh, from his crotch to his shoulders and then up his butt in the back. And he's dancing around and he's sinking in mud and he's farting and stuff, you know, farting. I got no problem with, but, um, butts and, and, and that kind of imagery, I do have a problem with. Why is that in the movie? Well, kids think butts are funny. No, no, no. They think that is disturbing. That is gross. If you saw a guy walking down a street like that, you would go in your house as a child and you would hide from him. Um, it's, it's not, it's not funny. It's gross. Uh, and, and this is speaking from a family who who sees butts on a regular basis here and around uh, the inner city of, of St. Louis. We we were driving past our own dumpster in our own alley, pull it into our own garage, and there's a guy bent over in, in the dumpster, feet off the ground, pants down, uh, butt on full display. It's disturbing and hilarious at the same time. Um, Kids still still reference that. See, that I don't need in my kids' movie. I don't need butts. I don't need alternative, you know. I, I guess it's just the celebration of these. I, I, I have a hard time, and I stop and I pause because I love people. I do. I love people. I'm, I'm commanded to love people, but even if I wasn't, I, I would be a person that, that cares about people. And I truly believe to, to, to know all, if we, if we knew all and we would understand all and we would be able to forgive all. And I also operate under this idea that my sins are just as bad as anybody else's, if not worse. I, I cannot pick the, the speck out of somebody else's eye without picking the log out of my own. I understand that me being overweight is likely as big a sin to God as someone who is involved in a homosexual lifestyle. Okay. That's where I'm coming from. So I can't judge, but at the same time, there are certain behaviors that I've seen in the lives of people I have known, and it makes their life a struggle homosexuality in from my perspective from people that I have known who have struggled with it not wanting to be gay but feeling same-sex attraction um it is a it is a struggle for them and some of you would say well they just need to go ahead and give in but it's it's a struggle because it's a struggle it's it's something that they don't want to necessarily be and they owe it to themselves and to God to find out what they really are and what, what's really going on. And I don't think we should put, I don't think we should put kids in that position that wouldn't normally be in that position. You see what I'm saying? My daughter recently told me that seven kids out of 25 in her class have come out as, as gay. She's in eighth grade. These kids don't date. They're not active. They've just decided. I don't think anybody, I'm 45 and I don't know what's going on in my life. 
But I know when I was in eighth grade, I, I was, I didn't know anything. I had no clue what I was going to do when I grew up. I had no idea about anything. And that is way too young to be making a lifestyle choice like that. You're not even all the way grown up and you're making this, you're planning a flag and you're saying, I lean this direction. This is my thing. It is a real issue in, in real kids lives now. And I never hear anybody pooping their pants about it now. And I'm not talking about the toy stories and the frozens and things like that, where they have jokes in there that only adults get. They're not dirty jokes, you know? Um, but speaking of frozen, I guess I have heard something recently. I, I kind of heard it. Maybe I just not in the right circles anymore, but, uh, people say in, in frozen, uh, during the scene where they go in the shop and there is a sauna that the guy's family kind of pokes their heads out and they're all guys. And so they're saying that they're promoting homosexuality through, through that. And again, that falls back right back into that crap from the nineties where I say, even, even if it did, they're not doing a very good job because I didn't notice that they were all dudes. And if they're family, there's no gay people in there. And even if there was, they wouldn't be gay for family members. Anyway, you're, you're, you're reading into it. That's my whole point, I guess, is let's not go after the stuff. Let's not take a stand against the stuff you have to read into to find. Why don't we take on the stuff that's right in your face? We're tripping back in the day about Miley Cyrus and Hannah Montana music and all this kind of stuff. But we had nothing to say against corn, you know, and, 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 uh, Marilyn Manson and all this kind of stuff that is trying that, that actively tried to create followers that mimic their styles and their attitudes and, and their, their viewpoints on the earth. Um, I think it's cause we're scared. It's, it's easy to make up stuff and pick on Disney because, you know, they're this big faceless corporation and we can just take a stand and feel like we're doing something good for God. And that's not what God called us to do. We're supposed to make disciples, people. You know, if we, if we go up there and we make all these stands for morality and we try to legislate it and try to force it on people and all that kind of stuff, that's not evangelism, my friends. It's just irritating. It's irritating to me as a Christian. So I know it's irritating to the world. People that aren't looking for it and don't see it and aren't affected by it. Anyway, let's back up a little bit. (laughs) Let's talk about the Lego movie real quick. Uh, Lego movie. Um, I heard a, a friend, or not a friend, but somebody that I respect, Doug Tenable, talk about the theme of uh, Lego Movie. I had no problem with Lego Movie. I thought it was great. Um, but his uh, whole thing was that, what did he say? He said that 
that everybody's special. That was kind of the theme of the whole thing. I didn't get it that way. I didn't get that. I got that the theme was uh, more about uh, following directions and um, and and not versus not following directions, uh, doing things the way you're supposed to do them versus being your own person. Um, you can read into that and say that they're trying to tell people not to obey the Bible or try, you know, whatever. Uh, I think Tenable got hung up on the song. Everything is awesome. And, and kind of went from there. Um, but I, I didn't see anything dark in Lego movie. Um, I, I also want to give a hats off to Mulan. I remember when it came out, I was thinking, okay, it's a story about a girl that pretends to be a dude. They're going to disrespect men. That's how they're going to make this work. And though there were some jokes about the way men are, you know, picking their toenails and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, I was really impressed. It's not one of my favorite movies. Uh, but I remember um, being impressed that they were able to make her into a strong character without putting down men. What they did is they made men seem strong and they gave them the respect that I believe they deserve. And they, and then she rose to that and earned the same respect. And I thought that was huge. I think it makes a better character. You know, if they had done it the other way and made all men look really stupid and dorky and dumb, and then she reaches camaraderie and one-manship with them, how, what does that do for her character? But no, they did it the other way. I'll be a man. Your favorite part of the podcast just happened. Um, but she she holds her own with these big, strong, strapping, masculine men, and uh, that makes her a better character. Makes her a better good a character. So, good message. Good good hats off. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, let's talk about death because <laughs> death is a big part of kids' movies. It's a big part of every movie, to be honest. It, it's in the beats. Um, movies have a pattern, and after the midpoint, um, the bad guys close in. And, and then there is a period where there is a, 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 a whiff of death. Um, even an elf, a comedy movie. There's a moment where elf dude runs to a bridge, stands there, stares into the water and it's unsaid, but he is thinking of committing suicide at that point. You can just tell it's, it's, it's insinuated. Uh, that's not a bad thing. It it builds part of the movie because in every movie, someone or something has to die. Even in the the recent uh, a Bumblebee movie, you know, you think that Bumblebee's dead for a period of time. It happens in every movie. There is something or someone has to die, uh, whether it's an idea, whether it is a false. Uh, you know, like a mask or a, a robot that turns out it's being controlled by a tiny monster. You know, something, something goes away. There's some sort of thing. Um, but let's talk about death that affected you as a child. And I'm talking about Bambi and Charlotte's web. 
Okay, Bambi's mom dies right at the beginning. Spoiler alert, Bambi's mom dies. It destroys children. <laughs> it's the worst. Uh, let's talk about Finding Nemo. They did a better job with that. Um, it's sad, but it's not as graphic as freaking Bambi's mom getting shot and carried off. Charlotte's web, Charlotte dies at the end. It's so sad. And then she, the babies hatch and they all leave. And it's, you, you're, it's like a double shot right in the head. And I have a friend, um, he's a good guy, but he, he gets really upset about death in movies. And he thinks that Disney, um, thinks they need to educate children about death. I think it's more of a, of a, of a basic understanding thing. Kids understand, uh, if you want to tap into, um, your, your viewer or your readers emotions, you have to hit them with things that they are familiar with. And children don't have a whole lot of things that they're familiar with. Um, but the idea of loss and being alone or losing a parent, uh, fear, those kinds of things they do understand. And so I think as a storytelling tactic, they use these things to get kids uh, emotionally invested in the story. When you get older, they use sex to do it. You ever wonder why there's so many sex scenes in movies, especially with two people that just met each other? It's not because they're trying to promote sex. It's because it's a tool. They use it to, because they know sex between two people is a bonding agent. Uh, think of Titanic. They had sex because, and it, well, they didn't show anything, but they, it was insinuated and it was obviously, it happened um, because it made the viewer now realize that these two were in a deeper uh, relationship than they were before. It's a cheat. It's an instant way to connect two people that normally it would take years to develop, you know, uh, on, and that's impossible to do on film or at least in, in the time span that you have, unless your story is a love story. So, you know, you have two people, they, they have a fling and then one of them dies and then the person cares and you care because they were together. And all this kind of stuff. Well, you know, you can't do that in Bambi, thank God. <laughs> you can't do that in Bambi. Uh, so you have to go with what kids know. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I just don't feel as strongly about it. I, I, you know, E.T. dies. Remember when he dies? He, he had to die too, you know, and he came back. Um. It's just, it's just a storytelling point. And, and I mentioned that to this guy and he's like, I don't care. I don't care if it, there's other ways, there's other ways to do it. And, and I don't know that there are, um, you know, loss is in, and, and death are things that affect children. They may not understand it completely, but I don't think anybody's trying to educate kids about it or expose them to stuff. They're trying to elicit an emotional connection and reaction out of their, out of their, um, viewer. And they're taking shortcuts to do that. You look at up the whole beginning of it is a, is a movie in and of itself. And it, it, the whole point is to help you to love this crotchety old man 
if they had started the movie where after that opening scene, you would not be on his side. You would think he was insane. He has balloons strapped to the top of his house. He doesn't like kids. He's old and crotchety. You wouldn't know that that he was deeply in love and that, that he wanted to be an adventurer since childhood. And he had this super creative, awesome wife and that life had just gotten in their way. And, and, uh, and then sickness and different things, you know, took them from what they wanted to do with themselves. And you didn't know he was a balloon salesman. And so it made sense that he had balloons. You know, there, there are things, um, that are, that are done to connect you to the characters and Bambi losing her mother makes the listener or the viewer connect to Bambi. In the same way that the death of, uh, of what's an flounder that's from little mermaid, uh, Nemo's mom's death, uh, helps you to understand why Marlon is so overprotective, why he wants to protect his son. Um, and it also binds them together as a father and son, cause they're all that they have. Those are things that you can't, uh, put into um, a kid's mind without those kinds of things happening. So I don't really have a problem with that. You know, you look at Iron Giant. Iron Giant. It's a great movie. How, how, how did I not know about this? I found out about it years after it came out. I don't remember it being in theaters. I don't, I don't remember anything. I just stumbled upon it. It didn't look like anything I would be interested in. I watched it, loved it, loved it. And it's one of my all time favorite movies. And if you haven't seen it, man, I urge you to see it. It's so good. It's just a fun movie, a lot of heart, a lot of good stuff, um, and, and a great theme, you know, uh, that, 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 you know, the, 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 the uh, I, I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it. That's even though it's old, but there's death in that, you know, and, and resurrection and, and you know, the loss of a friend, just like an ET. And th- these things are just stuff that, again, elicits a response. The, Bi- the Bible, the Bible says, <laughs> no, there's a saying, it says no tears in the writer, no tears in the reader. Meaning if, if you're not crying when you write it, don't expect the audience to cry. And so a lot of things are done, not for some sort of malicious purpose. They're done to tell a story. So I feel like you gotta, you gotta be smart on what you uh, stand up against and all that kind of stuff. And, and death in movies is um, it's a part of it. It's a part of the story. It's a part of every story. You find a movie that doesn't have the loss of a person or the loss of an idea or the loss of a dream. Death is a part of every story including the gospel. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, the last thing I'll close with is this. Uh, Ralph breaks the internet and Ralph, Ralph, the uh, Wreck-It Ralph, the original. Um, and this, ha- I'm just using this one as an example. Um, nothing wrong with the movie that I can remember. I liked it. Um, I, I don't know that it's going to last very long the second the second one because there were so many references to pop culture internet world 
you know, of right now. So one or two things will happen. It'll be a classic because uh, it it was it it nailed down the time that we're in right now as far as the internet goes, and it'll be a reminder of the way things were with YouTube and and Google and Amazon, or it'll just fade into obscurity because all the references are old and nobody cares. My guess is the second. I hope for the first, but um, they made it to cash in on you know, the, 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 the internet memes and things like that of right now. And I think they were old before they even got the movie out, to be honest. Uh, so, so stuff tr- just moves too fast, but I'm not, I'm not here to talk about their mistakes or, you know, what their intentions were and all that. They, I, there was no, there was no secret hidden secret evil stuff in, in Ralph breaks the internet. Um, but the people that we have that we, choose to voice the characters i know it has no effect on a child to hear the voice of a person who in other movies uses language and has opinions that would differ from what you would want your child to learn i understand that um but it always makes me scratch my head a little bit with the people that we choose to voice characters um for children's movies i I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going to leave it there because I don't feel strongly enough about it to argue it too much. But Sarah Silverman is not someone I would want to have at my kid's party entertaining her and neither would she want to be there because uh, she's not going to have a lot of jokes that my kids would get, first of all, and they would be educated very well uh, in in the wrong direction, you know, Um by what she did say. Um, she has a very cute voice in the movie. I can't take that away from her. And then the other guy uh, from Talladega Nights and all that, I don't remember his name. Uh, but he's hes a foul mouth guy as well, you know? And and I'm not saying you have to be perfect to, to voice a kid's movie. I don't, I don't know that there sh- uh, should be a moral code of conduct. I, I just am always kind of taken aback as an adult that uh i don't know maybe i live in a little bubble world of my own little brain where it feels like that people who do voice acting for for good characters should be good people <laughs> you, you feel me on that at all i don't know maybe it's a childhood thing like cats are girls and dogs are boys and i just need to let go of it but um I've always imagined the people that do voices for these characters are good people that they're like their characters. And, and I don't know, maybe I'm just dumb. (laughs) Uh, let's see overall, if there was a GOK moment in our kids movies is this, we cannot, I, I think it's ridiculous to argue and fight companies that produce films, um, that we don't agree with. I think it's pointless. Uh, I think it does nothing. What does do something is where we put our money. And we owe it to our kids to screen and to, uh, you know, to screen the movies that and the media that our kids are being exposed to. We also owe it to our kids to be consistent. Because if you're tripping balls about 
uh, the kneecaps on a little priest in, in little mermaid, but then you're letting your kids have carte blanche on YouTube. You're not a consistent con you're, you don't have a consistent conviction. You're just picking on what's easy. Uh, kids aren't going to hell because of, of a, of a phallic symbol in a, in a, in a VHS tape. Kids aren't becoming gay because of a gay dude in Paranorman. Uh, the world's not falling apart because of some sort of director's secret, you know, mission to impart, you know, some sort of knowledge to your children. The world's falling apart because parents aren't living a lifestyle that glorifies God and training their children in the way they should go. And kids, when they grow up, are leaving the church in droves because they've not seen the reality of what God does in the life of a person. They've just seen a bunch of, you can't watch this, you can't do that, you can't be a part of this, you shouldn't do that. And they've never been exposed to any of the negatives of sin, only the positives. Don't drink. Drinking looks fun, but they've never seen anybody hung over or do something stupid. I don't know how you expose your kids to that. I talk to my kids about it. I let my kids know what happens so that, so that, all right, I just took a phone call. So I, I kind of lost my train of thought. Um, but I will say that no one's going to hell because of all these things that are around us. They're, they're, they're not accepting. They're going to hell because they don't know Christ and they don't know the reality of what he can do. And, and the reality of Christ is it's not a bunch of don'ts. It's a bunch of do's. It's a bunch of things that you get to do. It's not about missing out on things. It's about missing out on things that destroy you and hurt you and, and, and make you less of what you're supposed to be. Uh, C.S. Lewis says we're a machine. We're a machine put together by God, meant to run on him. And so many people are not running on him. They're running on other things. And that's why their lives don't function right. It's only when we have our eyes and our heart and our minds and our wills focused on what God wants um, that our children will see a reality behind all of the stuff that's in the movie. I mean, I'm sorry, in, in the Bible. Uh, the, the, the Bible... Uh, doesn't come alive and it's not the living word of God until we put it into action. It's just words on a page. And um, so many times we get caught up in hating on things like this, like, like Paranorman and, and Toy Story. And, and we make all these big deals and we think we're changing the world and we're not, we're not, we're just complaining. We're just picking on people for being what they are, which is sinners. Um, and, and we're, we're acting like we're any better than them. And, and we're not, we're just better off because of, of, uh, the faith that we have found in Christ. Um, so here's my thing on morality in children's movies. Don't waste your time. Not unless you are actively making, uh, uh, unless you are an example to your kids, if you're training them and you are helping them to see the realities of what is going on to me, complaining about morality in children's movies is for folks that 
don't have anything else going on. They don't have any real struggles. They don't, they've never seen real evil. They're not dealing with the world around them because my friends, there are bad things in this world that are coming against your kids. And they're a lot worse than some stupid mistake in a movie. Um, there are, there are, there are drugs and alcohol use. There are, um, there are predators and, and some of them are the same age as your kids and they're already predators because of the crap that they've been exposed to. And they only think of your daughters as objects that are for them. Um, there, there's all kinds of things that, that are out there to distract your kids, even from things like good grades and morality and you need to be aware of those and you need to put your efforts there. Your job, if you have children, is to raise up your child in the way it should go. And your job is to be a discipler. And your job starts right there in your home. Um, so do you let your kids watch whatever they want? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, if they can't handle it and they can't understand it, it's not for them. But to make uh, just just the people that I've seen that have made uh, this their their hill that they die on, I think I think they're missing a bigger point. That if we had a if we had more Christians, we had people acting like Christians, there'd be less people. Uh, you know, they only make material that people watch. You know what I'm saying? They're just make they're just wanting to make money. That's the whole point of making movies is to make money, to make art that makes money. And if uh, crap like that didn't make money, they they'd cut it out. So we're talking about morality now. You know that that people need to be. On guard, I don't know. I've made a a uh, an informal thing to you know promise to myself for the next week or so that I am going to uh, experiment with guarding my heart and my mind and and looking at the scriptures that say you know whatever is of a uh, good report think on these things uh, whatever is good and lovely and blah blah blah. Um, because I watched a couple of movies in a row that were a little disturbing. And I didn't like the way my mind felt after I watched them. And I watch a lot of movies. Um, nothing immor- immoral. I, I consider like sex crap immoral. I don't watch sex movies and stuff like that. But I don't mind, you know, if, if somebody's head gets chopped off kind of stuff. So, but I'd watched a couple and they were, they were disturbing movies on purpose. And I don't really like disturbing movies. You know what I'm talking about? The ones that are disturbing on purpose. Uh, so I thought, you know what? Let me see if going the opposite direction has, you know, it's just as an experiment makes me feel differently. So I popped up a C.S. Lewis audiobook, and I'm only going to watch videos that are neutral or positive on YouTube here and there. And, um, 
and just see if it has an effect. Um, likely it will. <laughs> likely it will. Uh, but I'm getting to the point where my kids are going to start asking me what I'm watching and what I'm putting in my heart and head. And um, I need to be able to give them a good answer because what I do and what I, I don't know, there's a saying that says that kids will do what you say for so long and then they'll do what you do. And my kids are getting really close to the age where they're going to start doing what I do. And I want to make sure my life is worth duplicating. And that's what discipleship is, is duplicating your life into someone else's. So we got to get our crap together. Quit worrying about the stupid crap that the world does. Focus on Christ and living a life of morality, living a life where the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things. There is no law and there is no argument. That's what that means. Nobody says those things are bad. Nobody. Except for insane people and sadists. We need to be that. That's what we need to be known for by our love, not by what we're picketing. Had a guy try to friend me on Facebook and he, he calls himself a pro choice. Um, what is it? A pro choice mission, not missionary. Did he say missionary? Surely not. Maybe he did. There's no such thing as a pro choice missionary. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's not a thing. As an activist, you can be an activist, but our our point, my point is we're we're fighting against sin. And we're not supposed to fight sin. We don't wage war with people. <laughs> you know, we we fight sp a spiritual fight if you want to get down to it. Principalities and powers, rulers and weaknesses in high places. We're supposed to pray for our enemies and, and, and our enemies these days, I guess, would be the people that, you know, are trying to corrupt our lives and kids and distract us from what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to pray for people that despitefully use us. We're not supposed to stand up and fight and be all mean and angry. We're supposed to live at peace as, as much as it depends on you. Live at peace with others. We're supposed to be the last so that we can be the first in the kingdom of heaven. We're supposed to be laying up treasures in heaven, not here on earth. There's a whole bunch of stuff that the Bible says that we're supposed to be doing that we don't do because we're focused on frozen and how many gay guys are in the dang sauna. My point is, it just doesn't matter. There's more important things. There are people suffering everywhere. The world is on fire right now. Politically, socially, racially, everything is just freaking going to Hades in a handbasket, it seems like. We need to get really serious about living out our lifestyle and quit worrying about other people and cringing on it. Who cares what how people celebrate Christmas? Who cares 
if Christmas is on the daggum stupid cup at, at, at uh, Starbucks? Why does it matter? Is Christmas in the Bible? Is it a sacred holiday that, that we are commanded to celebrate? You know, the only ones I see is communion and baptism that we're supposed to do. It's a man-made holiday, you know, created for a good reason. But how, how, why are we all trying to dictate how people celebrate a holiday that's not even real? It's not a spiritual holiday. People always say at Christmas, we're supposed to live like this all year round. We're supposed to um, celebrate the birth of Christ all year round. No, we celebrate the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ um, in our lives and our lifestyles. Anyway, I'm getting way off. But I, I hope I hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you have some feedback. You can send such feedbacks to uh, james at nlcast.com and follow me on Twitter at nlcast. The website is gokcast.com. Please consider supporting the show on Patreon. If you enjoy it, you know, throw a dollar an episode at me. That's four bucks a month. Not much. If you have any ideas for topics or you have questions, things that you would like to hear me rant about, like, um, like the last guy did. I wish I had his name right in front of me. Matter of fact, let me see if I can do that. The idea was brought up uh, on our Discord server by Steve Atronis37, who happens to be a Patreon supporter. So thanks, dude. Glad I was able to find your name and, and give you some credit. Um, I'm going to play the outro music now, the new outro music. Uh, it's time for you to vote on whether it's necessary or not. A lot of people say they like it just being raw. Um, I, I could go either way. I don't care, but, uh, till next time, um, go watch Paranorman, <laughs> go watch Coco, uh, Incredibles two, you know, iron giant for sure. If you haven't seen that Lego movies, good. Um, you know, just stay away from Nomeo and Juliet. Just cover your eyes. We'll see you guys next time right here on the Gospel of Genesis. <laughs>